Hey, this is Rich. This episode was originally recorded on video. If you'd like to see the video, check the link to the YouTube video in the show notes. All right, let's jump in. So do you feel a bit overwhelmed trying to figure out which side hustle is best for you? What if you pick the wrong one? Well, in today's episode, I want to share three key lessons I learned from choosing the wrong side hustle and how it can help you find the one that's right for you. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the More Than a Pastor show. My name is Rich Avery, your host. If you're in church leadership right now, you're probably sensing that your church faces an uncertain financial future. But the good news, my friend, is that you don't have to. If you stick around, I'm going to be showing you how you can leverage your ministry know-how into sustainable income through a business or side hustle you love so you can serve God and provide for your family no matter what. If you're not already a member of our private More Than a Pastor community on Facebook, I invite you to join that today. I'd love to be able to connect with you that way online and give you opportunities to share feedback on the episodes I share and um, and have you post your questions and, and get feedback or support for different things you're working on with your side hustle or business. And uh, I'd love for you to join that group today. It's absolutely free. I'll put the link to it in the show notes for today's episode. You can find that at morethanapastor.com slash 18, and that's for podcast episode 18. So have you ever had a great idea that turned out to be not so great after all? I mean, as you were thinking about it and beginning to explore it, everything sounded amazing, and you could think of all the reasons why it should work and and is right for you, but you didn't really think about all the reasons why it couldn't be, or maybe you just didn't have enough information at the time to know why, but for whatever reason, you go all in on this decision for maybe it's for a business or a side hustle or or something in your ministry area and then you realize later it was totally the wrong idea and you find yourself asking what was i thinking or was i even thinking at all when i thought this would be a great idea well that has definitely happened to me okay more times than i care to admit but today i want to share the worst side hustle that I picked. And it's not that it was bad for anybody. It just wasn't right for me. So I want to share today three lessons I learned from choosing the wrong side hustle and how those three lessons can help you find the one that's right for you. So over 20 years ago, my wife and I were at an event in Indiana called the Covered Bridge Festival. They uh, hold this every year, the first couple weekends in October, and it's just west of Indianapolis in a community called Rockville uh, and surrounding communities, and the, the area, the county is called Park County, and they have 32 covered bridges that have survived the last 100, 150 years or so. And they make a big festival around these bridges. I discovered, I think for the first time, an amazing delicacy, a food item that was just the best thing I had ever tasted. It was like manna from heaven. It was something called kettle corn. I love popcorn, but I had never seen kettle corn before this event back in like the year 2001. And we went there and we saw this this man working in this 
pop-up tent. He had like a 10 by 10 white tent. And he had this huge like kettle or looked like a cauldron. And he was stirring with a big paddle or, or a stick, some kind of slurry mixture of oil and sugar and popcorn. And then as this popcorn popped out, they put salt on it, a ton of salt, and then put it in bags and sold it. And so we went over there like, what's going on? What is this? I'd never seen it before. And they asked us to put out our hand and they gave us a sample. And it was amazing. Like I'm a huge popcorn fan. And this was like the best I had ever had. It was sweet. It was salty. It was amazing. And so after that event, I began to, well, first of all, I bought a bag and uh, devoured it that night. And um, ever since, wherever I go to an event, a festival or fair or some event, if there's a kettle corn vendor, I'm buying it. I'm I'm there. I'm going to buy your, your kettle corn because I love it so much. In fact, I went to a farmer's market here in our community yesterday. There was a kettle corn vendor there. I bought a bag of kettle corn. But I began to think about Would this be a good business model for me? Because as a young pastor at that time with young, uh, well, I thought about it a couple years later, uh, thinking like, could this be a business model for me? Because I remembered that kettle corn, it seemed like it was an easy business to set up. You had the kettle, you had some supplies, you had the tent, you had to go find an event to go to. But I began to think, man, the profit margins must be great for something like this because what do you got? You got a little bit of oil, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt, a little bit of popcorn kernels. I mean, those are dirt cheap in and of themselves. It seemed like it was uh, uh, a fairly cheap product. And then putting it all together, I could make some pretty good money selling it. They were getting like three or $4 for a small bag and like five or $6 for the big bag. And so I began to think, man, that's a good business model for me. The profit margin seemed great. And I love kettle corn. And maybe it's something that we could do as a family, because uh, as a family with small kids, I wanted to find like a family enterprise, some kind of business that our family could do where we could generate income. Uh, My wife was a stay-at-home mom. We homeschooled our kids. So could we teach our kids business? Could we get them uh, employed into the business together? Could it be something that could supplement our pastor income? And it's not that my income at the church was was bad necessarily. It, It just wasn't adequate for a family of our size with five kids and um, and just our lifestyle at that time, trying to homeschool them and the supplies and things we needed to be able to go on a vacation once a year or visit my wife's parents. Uh, they We live in Michigan. They lived in, in central Canada at the time, so in the province of Manitoba. So it was like a thousand mile drive to visit them once or twice a year. And uh, well, that was uh, one way, so 2,000 miles round trip. And uh, anyway... Um, I thought maybe this would be a business that would be right for me. So I began to explore it. At that time, the internet was fairly new still, and I began to look online. Could I find some resources where I could get a kettle corn machine or or learn how to do that? And I found a man in Florida who himself was a kettle corn vendor. He had been selling kettle corn for years at different events. Of course, in Florida, he can do that year round. Me living in Michigan, I learned pretty quickly not really something you can do year-round. You're limited. You've got a limited season for outdoor events for when you can make kettle corn and sell it. Uh, I also discovered later you could do events in the winter, but you had to be outside still popping it. So 
you could sell it inside, but you had to pop it outside still. So anyway, uh, maybe I'll talk about more about that in a little bit. But I decided to go down to Florida and meet this guy and buy a kettle corn machine from him because he began to make them and sell them to others. And I began to learn all about the business from him. And it seemed like a nice idea. My wife was kind of supportive. She was supportive of me trying to do something to provide income for my family, but she wasn't sure, you know, is this the right one or not? But okay, let's go ahead and give it a go. So we invested, I don't know, I think $1,500 in the in the popcorn kettle machine. If you're not quite familiar, if you haven't seen one before, this one was about the size of a washing machine, and it, it was like square. Uh, it had a square frame, but then it had the round kettle in the middle. And I can't remember how many quarts this kettle was. If it was like a 40, 50-quart kettle, I can't quite remember. But uh, envision like a washing machine, and about half the size of the washing machine would be the kettle that sits inside these uh, four walls um, that frame it. And then there was a, a burner on the bottom that uh, was fueled by LP gas. And so I had to have LP gas tanks and and a hose to connect it to the burner and then to be able to uh, make the kettle corn. And so uh, I discovered, you know, the cost for the machine and then what were needed for supplies. I needed to get one of those 10 by 10 pop-up tents for these events. And then I learned from this guy, his name was John, uh, how do you find the events that you want to go to? How do you apply? What's the average cost on those? What, what about the health department? Because we're selling food, you have to have a license from the health department for these events. They probably come and inspect you and all that. So I kind of learned his business model, but it was a little bit different from Florida versus where I lived in Michigan. And uh, so I learned all the ins and outs that I could, but I had to come back home and do my own research to figure things out and begin to book my own events. Well, on my first event, a few weeks after I got the machine, I realized I've got a problem. Uh, This machine doesn't, uh, well, it it would take, I could haul it, I have to haul it to the events. And we had a minivan, so I thought it would probably fit in the minivan, but I didn't really think through all the other things I would need that will also need to go in the minivan. So in the kettle corn business, uh, you've got your kettle, but you've got your oil, your sugar, your salt. You've got your bins that you dump the corn into and then your scoops that you scoop it out of into bags. And then you've got your boxes of your bags. And then you've you've got to wash your your stuff. You've got to have like a three compartment sink. So what this guy, John, had taught me was to get three like medium-sized igloo coolers, have a, like super hot water with the sanitizing stuff in it then you have your no no it was it was the wash was it wash rinse and sanitize i think that's how it was so i had these three compartments so it's been 20 years so it's been a while uh anyway um so i got all the equipment figured out all the stuff and realized i'd have to take all the seats out of my van to be able to put all the stuff in there but then my wife couldn't have the van while i was gone to do these events and then she couldn't haul our kids around so then i looked at okay, I need to buy a trailer now to haul the stuff in it. And then, okay, is my van adequate to be able to haul the trailer or do I need a a different vehicle like a truck uh, to haul the trailer? And so maybe you can see that I didn't quite think it through all the different things that would be needed. Some things I didn't fully know, but a lot of things I just didn't really think it all through or I thought I could kind of start cheaply and kind of build into it over time. But it ended up costing more than we imagined, and it was harder to make money than we had thought, too. Again, I thought, kettle corn, how hard could it be? Uh, how The supplies are pretty cheap. Uh, 
But then when you add the cost of going to the events, and then for me, I had to pay people. I was just one person, but it takes at least two, sometimes three people to run it, especially if you're busy, uh, to be able to run the kettle corn machine constantly to make the corn and then to be able to sell it. And then someone that needs to help bag it while while I'm popping and while someone else is selling. So uh, I had to pay people to help me. Some of the events we had to travel to and stay overnight, so there was the expense there. And of course, you're always dependent for an outdoor event on the weather. And in Michigan, we've got three good months and uh, a bunch of bad months, but um, there's thunderstorms. So in the summertime, you know, if, if it's rainy, then people don't come to these events. Or if it's incredibly hot and humid in July and August, people aren't coming so I learned that this business had a limited time window where I could make money, and it, it was dependent upon things that were outside of my control. And I think every business has a variable like that, but uh, this one had a lot of variables like that. And so I began to think, hmm, maybe this isn't quite the right business for me. But there was something else that was a huge problem. Maybe you've already thought of it. Most of the events were on weekends. They were Friday, Saturday, some were on Sunday, or maybe some were week-long events. I didn't really go for those week-long events. Uh, I thought maybe at some point I might do that, but but um, I would stick to the uh, two, three-day events. But a lot of them had Sunday hours. And so, you know, as a pastor, I realized, okay, maybe that's not a good idea to have a, a business where I would be working a lot on Sundays. And again, I didn't have uh, jobs every weekend, but I had quite a few. I was trying to get as many as I could pretty quickly to help start to recoup my costs from the investment. Um, and I wasn't the preaching pastor, so I, we had a large staff. I was in like a, a mega church. So it wasn't that I had to be there all the time and that I had responsibilities every Sunday, but there was an expectation that you would be there and uh, be present and be available. And so I had to be asking for certain Sundays off to go and do these events, and that just created some tension with the church leadership. And they began to wonder, okay, is Rich all in here at the church, or is he pursuing worldly wealth and doing things that um, are like away from his calling to the ministry. And so there were all those questions, and I, I will share some of that in other episodes as well. But anyway, all that to say, I began to think this is not the right choice for me. I made a wrong choice in my side hustle. And so I want to share three key things I learned, three things that, that really um, made an impact on me and helped me to to think through um, how to choose better, what kind of side hustle is is right for you. I guess first, before that, I'll, sh I'll share. I did the kettle corn business for about two years. I had maybe 15, 20 events. Some were really great, made some great money. Others were, you know, breaking even and getting a little bit of money after I paid the people to help me in my expenses. And then we had a few that were really bad that just weren't worth our time and effort. But again, you didn't know that getting into it. But after like a couple of years, I thought, okay, this is not the right business for me. So here are some things that I began to think about then on, on why um, this was not a right choice for me. And I hope that this will help you as well as you wonder, if you're wondering what kind of side hustle is right for you. The number one thing that I realized is that I wanted to I wanted to stop exchanging my hours for dollars. Right now, at that time, it was linear income. I made money as I worked in that business. And if I worked eight hours, I could reap the benefits of eight hours of work or however many hours it was. But if I wasn't 
popping, I wasn't making money. And so I began to think, how can I get out of the linear income stream and create something that is recurring income or or passive income? Income where I'm making money, I, I do something once, and it creates income for me over and over again. So that was one shift I wanted to make, was to stop exchanging hours for dollars and find a better way to do that, to make money. The second thought I had was, why can't I find a way to use the skills I already have in ministry and leverage those into a business or a side hustle? God's already given me so many wonderful skills. Like, you know, as a pastor, we are writers, we are speakers, we... we um, our content creators, we we are coaches, we are uh, leadership experts in some ways. We we are involved in fundraising, in in donor relations, and in, in mentoring. You know, there's there's all kinds of different things that we do as pastors and skills we've developed as pastors that we can leverage into the marketplace, into our own business. So I began to think, why don't I do something that's more like that than just something that's totally. Uh, something that, that I can do, but it's not something that I'm made for. And then the third thing was I wanted to pursue something I was passionate about. Now, I love popcorn and I love kettle corn, but it's, I'm not like Orville Redenbacher. If you've seen his commercials, if you don't know, Orville Redenbacher was a popcorn entrepreneur from Indiana. He like revolutionized the popcorn industry and made it the multi-billion dollar industry it is today. On his commercials, he would always say, perfect popping is our passion. Well, I love to eat popcorn, but that wasn't my passion. I wasn't getting up in the morning ready to go change the world with popcorn. It was something I could do for money, but it wasn't an excitement, a way that I wanted to change the world. And so I began to think, how could I pursue something that I was passionate about? So those were the three things, how to how to profit in a better way, how to make money in a way that was non-linear that was recurring and passive, how to do something that leveraged the skills I already had in ministry, uh, and then how to do something that um, I was really passionate about and something that really felt God had called me to a way that I could make a difference and change the world. So I have been encouraging people in in my more than a pastor business, in my coaching and the resources that I'm creating I want to help you do the same thing. I want to help pastors figure out how to create non-linear income, how to how to how to be able to create recurring and passive income so that you can make money while you sleep. You can create products or do services uh, that can that can live on beyond what you're doing just at one time, exchanging hours for dollars. I want to help you to be able to um, to leverage your ministry skills into the marketplace, to take the skills God's given you, find a way that you can create your own platform or your own business or side hustle that can create income from that through something that you already know, love, and do, and, and you're good at. And then thirdly, to help you to be able to um, to pursue something that you're passionate about. If God has placed another calling on your life, you know, some other passion that he's given you, some way you want to make a difference, Maybe it's alongside your current ministry, or maybe it's something different, how you can take steps toward that, and and so kind of pursue all three of those things together. I think that's going to help make a wonderful side hustle for you. And so if you're struggling, maybe you're not sure if starting a business is right for me, or starting a side hustle is right for me, maybe you're not sure, or you started well, but you're not sure, am I doing it the right way, or is this the right the, the right way I should go, should I make a shift to do something different, or maybe you've just uh, been fearful and you're just not sure, maybe the fear of failure is holding you back, 
you're worried about making a wrong choice. Like for me, I made a wrong choice. It was not a wrong choice for everybody. Uh, some people are making great money with kettle corn. And when I see a kettle corn vendor, I support them. I buy a bag. I was at a farmer's market yesterday, bought a bag of kettle corn from the vendor there. Uh, it didn't taste as great as mine, I will say. But uh, uh, maybe I should offer some coaching with him. But anyway, um, you know, I'm. it's okay if you make a wrong choice. Um, it's not a failure if you learn from it. It's not a failure if there's lessons that you've learned, if if there are new directions, new insights that you've, you've gained, and now you know what doesn't work, and you can move more confidently in the direction that will work. So failure isn't failure if you learn from it. Call it education. Call it learning. Call it a step forward in the direction that eventually is going to lead you to success. Or maybe you're just wondering, if it's okay as a pastor to create income outside the church and you struggle with that. I just want to let you know that I'm here for you. I, I want to be able to help you figure that, those things out. I want to help you be able to get unstuck in moving forward to the the greater impact the Lord would have you make in your life and in your ministry, help you create more income to help provide for your family, or even just to future-proof your income. I talked about earlier at the beginning of the show, the church in America, your church, faces an uncertain financial future. We've had uh, going on our third year of COVID right now, and still so many people not engaging in church, not giving like they had before. And so churches are under immense financial stress in many, many instances, many churches because of that. Maybe you are in your church as well, and you're struggling with, how can we create more income as a church outside of tithes and offerings? And I think there's some great ways to do that. But maybe... Maybe it's also an opportunity for you to create more income for you as a pastor outside the church so that no matter what happens to your church, no matter what kind of the economics are happening with in our, in our culture, in our world, in our nation right now, there's um, in, rising inflation at the time I'm recording this in June of 2022. Um, Fuel costs are up like 50% for automobile fuel, uh, groceries and utilities, other items, 20, 30%. Uh, so the, the prices are going up. They say right now the average American household will um, will have a, an increase because of inflation. Costs will increase an average of $6,000 per year for the average household in America. That means, Pastor, that you, your family, you're experiencing a shortfall of $6,000 in income this year. That's $500 a month that you'll have less because everything costs more. So what can you do? Maybe now's the time to begin to take a step toward finding the side hustle or business that's right for you. I'd love to be able to help you do that. So let me just ask you, if you've had an idea you want to pursue, you're not sure what to do or which way to go, and maybe if you're fearful and you're not sure if you can go ahead and make this uh, choice to pursue extra income or not, or you're afraid of failure or Maybe you're afraid of success. That was something I struggled with as well. That has held me back more times than I care to admit. And I want to help you if, if that's an issue of being fearful of success, we can talk about that and help you get unstuck in moving forward toward the life impact and income that God has for you. So 
I've got a free resource if you want to check it out. It's called um, How to Know if Starting Your Own Business is Right for You. In it, I talk about some of these issues, some of these fears, talk about the 12 traits of successful entrepreneurs. And, and you can do it as an assessment and look at it and see, okay, how do I line up? Do I have what it takes to be successful in a business or a side hustle? You can get that today at morethanapastor.com slash biz. Okay, that's it for this show. Was it helpful? Also, what topics would you like me to discuss in future episodes? Please let me know. And finally, would you take a moment to rate, review, or even subscribe to the show? That would be a big help. And before we go, remember that you are more than a pastor. Saying yes to God's call doesn't mean you have to say yes to feeling stuck, broke, or unfulfilled in your life and ministry. Let's work together and help you create the life impact, and income you were made for. Oh, hey, you're still here. Well, thanks again for joining me for this episode of the More Than a Pastor show. As I said at the beginning, I did record this first as video, and as something that I want to do more often now to try to record my podcast as videos and be able to put the content on my new YouTube channel. Um, you can find it on YouTube. It's called More Than a Pastor, or you can look for the link for it in the show notes at morethanapastor.com slash 18. So I want to record as many podcasts as possible as videos to have the content there on YouTube, and then also uh, take the audio from that and put it here on the audio podcast. And so that's why the music bed is different this time. Um, I wanted to do something different with like the intro and the outro and the the music bed to help it flow better as a video. And I think it flows better as audio as well. But I'd love to get your feedback on that. So please feel free to give me your thoughts. You can send me an email if you'd like at rich at morethanapastor.com. Thanks. Have a great day.